the cues with more conversation about Beastars and uh this conversation horny so (laughs) as I'm recording this wraparound David and I have recorded all of the episodes except for the season one finale and somehow I'm pretty sure this episode is the horniest our conversation gets so far which is wild uh, this is Beastars Season 1, Episode 7. This is the episode with Legome and the Egg, uh, but it's also got some good uh, Rui Legoshi drama. It's got some good Juno moments. Um, as a content warning, again, this episode is very horny. We also discuss things like... Uh, like... The fetishization of taboo leading to things like a cuckoldry kink, which if you're not aware is rooted in a lot of racism. And I am not a kink shamer, but I am a racism shamer. So as a heads up, we talk about that a bit. Uh, This conversation really goes places. It is a wild one and I hope you enjoy. Oh Oh, no. no. Oh no. This is an oh no episode. Oh no episode. Oh jeez. <sighs> Hi. Hi. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this episode went a bunch of places. Yes. I finally understand why it's the Sad Time Maggie show. Yes. Uh, we finally, finally got to the egg scene. Oh, wait. What do I call it? No, I call it the Eggy Time Saddie show. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, this episode started and I was like, oh, egg. And then I forgot literally the rest of what happened. And oh, egg is really just the intro and the rest is very sad. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. I really like the way it balances it, though, because it's such a funny, like, intro, like, anecdote. Yeah. Do it we was... ever see her again? Do we ever no. see Legom again? Okay, so, no. she, yeah. Like, maybe in the background or in other shots, but, like, she doesn't speak again. What an interesting little character study. Yes. Um... I don't super know what it means. So, I want to talk about it. Okay. Um, because this was one of the... So, the reason that I got into Beastars was because... Um, oh, what's his name? Was it because of a Hurt Comfort fanfic that someone wrote about Rui and Haru? Yeah, you got it. That's it. Okay. Boom. Got it in one. <laughs> no, it's uh, the video essayist Jack Saint uh, did a video essay called Beastars is a Deviant Furry Masterpiece. And I am usually a fan of Jack Saint's content. And he and Shannon Strucci had both been talking about this show. Um, Shannon Strucci, I think, referenced it in a video that they made. Um, so... This video essay doesn't go into many spoilers. It goes into 
too many for you. Okay. But it did not go into too many for me as just like a normal watching a show. And one of the things that he analyzes most closely in that video is this uh, weird section with Ligum. Uh, and his read is essentially... Should we should we recap it first? I don't know. Are people watching episodes before they listen to the show? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, let's, know. let's recap it and then we'll get to it. Okay, so the intro, the pre-credit sequence, it's like a, I don't know, four minute cold open, um, is from the perspective of the hen who sits next to Legoshi and Jack in, I guess, what, linguistics class, maybe? Yeah, um, I'm sure. And it's all about like, oh, you know, we're seated alphabetically, I'm seated next to Legoshi. I call him the brow knitter. He's kind of dull, uh, but he's very excited about egg sandwiches, especially the ones that he gets on Wednesday. But what he doesn't know is that I lay those eggs and I'm so proud of them. Um, And she basically she's doing it for she's committed herself so completely to this part time job that she's like exercising all the time and not staying up too late, not like having a social life and interacting with friends because she's doing this for the dignity of henkind. She's not doing it so that uh, so that carnivores can get their extra protein. She's doing it for her. She says a lot to herself. Uh huh. Um, and then. One Wednesday, she notices that Lakoshi doesn't have his tamagosando, and he says, "Yeah, they don't taste as good anymore. I don't know what the deal is." And she faints. She's Full so horrified, just like sending her awful chicken leggies into the air, which I know you hated, Will. I I hated looking at her chicken leggies. I really did not like it. Uh, and then she sells another half dozen to the friendly koala lady who runs a convenience store, or I guess who runs a canteen on campus. And she's like, oh, your eggs are so good and they have such a great reputation that I'm selling them on Fridays now, our busiest day. And that's like enough to restore her. Oh, I get it. It's about um, like your worth being bound up in your economic productivity instead of yeah. enjoying life and personhood. Pretty much. Sorry, I had to say it aloud before it like, Coheered. <laughs> I so the way I think with that I'm going to dive into this analysis of, of this snippet and then we can talk about the, the rest of the episode yeah, because this on, is mate. really like the rest of the episode is like a whole separate thing I think we can talk about this as its own separate thing too so Jack Saints Reed is like yes this is about how your worth is tied up into capitalism but to take it one step further it's also about how capitalism dictates what is and is not taboo. Sure. Ooh. Yeah, because right. I, I was I was reacting as I was watching live with you on Messenger and I was like, wait, what the fuck? Like that yeah. that's her eggy. He he ate of the egg that was of her. Yeah. Like exactly. I couldn't eat one of your eggs. That you, would be weird. You could not, you know? I, I, I guess you... Yeah. <laughs> this fucking show. <laughs> like, like a friend... If a friend of mine had a child, they wouldn't just be like, oh, hey, I sold my placenta to the Safeway. If you want to get it, it's on special right, right now. Right. right. Like, I, Yeah. Uh, and Can you title this episode, I sold my placenta to the Safeway? Yes. You don't have to. You shouldn't, in fact. Uh, yeah, like, 
basically Jack Saint uh, has the position that her like dedication and fascination and uh, devotion to this is essentially a fetish. It's uh-huh. I I think that we can argue that it's non-sexual, uh, but it's a fetish, and it's. But it's a paraphilia, like Jack says later in the episode. Right. right is right, Jack right. Saint the dog? Oh no, no he does love okay. the dog. He does also call the dog a homophobe, and we can dig into that in a sec. He's uh, not wrong. He is not wrong. I. Uh, but no, like essentially, what I think, like you and I can look at, we see her her thought process, and it's fucking weird. Like it's unsettling but in this universe it's fine it's completely fine because it benefits capitalism mm-hmm. like and I, I think that that does tie into the rest of the episode where we have like yeah you are eating something of another species of a like I guess, kind of, quote-unquote, marginalized species uh, who is, like, devoted to this thing. And that's and that's good. But attraction is bad. And I think right. that, like, basically, Legome gets an excuse because, because of capitalism. That, yeah, and that's why this is Egg Show. Cool. I like yep. it. <laughs> it was, listen, it was either an egg or a, a, a finger to be sold and eaten. And, Mm-mm. you know. I prefer uh, the egg. <laughs> okay, let's get, give us a summary of the rest of the episode now. <sighs> okay, so, so the rest of the episode begins with like this gorgeous rotoscoped dream sequence for Haru that turns out Beautiful. she's just sort of dissociating while she's having sex with Rui. Uh, and then she flashes back to the first time she met him when his antlers were shedding and he was embarrassed. Uh, and he offered to pay her to let him stay in the garden shed. And Will... To cast our minds back to, like, the first episode, she's been living in the garden shed ever since they dumped, her shitty roommates dumped her mattress out the window, right? More or less, it More or less? Yeah. Because this doesn't seem like the sort of place that a student should live. Because it's just the garden shed. And there's us. Hmm. So, I mean, there is a bed here, so I guess she would have... There's a bed. And there's a sliding glass door, so I guess it's maybe, you know, fit for habitation. It just seems like a weird sort of squalid squat for for anyone to live. Honestly, I, I didn't really think that she lived there. I thought she just kind oh, of, like, okay. used it. But then why would there be a bed there? But then right, also, I don't, how I don't think it's just for the there? fucking. Yeah. Yeah, I guess she really did just fucking move in there. Jeez. Yeah. Oof. So she's she's been there for the better part of an academic year then. Mm-hmm. That's my read on it anyway. Yeah. Uh but yeah, she she rejects his offer of money to stay in the shed while 
while his antlers grow back because he's super embarrassed. And he's like, people cannot find out that the great Rui sheds his antlers. And she's like, who's Rui? Oh, you're talking about your son in the third part? Okay. She's like mm-hmm. so unimpressed. Yeah, she she has she does not give a shit. <laughs> uh, and then we get into the hurt comfort shit. So she binds his little antler wounds, and he reaches to smooch her, and then he walks away all sad. And I was like, don't buy it, Haru. It's an act. He's an actor. Yeah. Um, and he was like, oh, what am I doing? Oh, I'm such a fool. I'm so sorry. And then lets her come to him because <sighs> he's a shit heel. He's the king of the shepherds. I you, am going to yeah suggest something here. Okay. This fucking sub is <laughs> so consistently into Haru, like being unimpressed with him and mm-hmm. bossing him around. Okay. Like, this whole episode, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's not even subtle. (laughs) Which, uh, I think we shouldn't be surprised by knowing him and how he behaves. Uh, I'm, can you, can you gloss some of this for me? Because I'm, I'm less conversant with these sexual dynamics. Yeah. So... So Haru remarks upon, like, the immense pressure that Rui is under at all times. Right. She's like, wow, you're really self-conscious, huh? Right. And I think that uh, Rui is also very unused to people putting him in his place. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, and he's, he's super into it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh... Oh, so he's not just a sub. He's, like, into being humiliated. I, yeah, I, I kind of think so. <laughs> I think Sidebar, like... this is why searches for, like, cuckolding, like, porn searches for cuckolding are much more common in more conservative parts of the U.S. Uh-huh. Have we talked about this? I don't think so, but... Oh, there was this, this like, big sex study of the U.S., and it found that, like, places that were more culturally conservative had a lot more, like, humiliation pornography searches. Yeah, I'm not shocked by that at all. Yeah. Wherever the taboo of emasculation was highest, that correlated with searches for emasculation porn. Mm, mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And given... Given Rui is so dedicated to people behaving in line with the roles they're supposed to enact. The fact that Haru just like doesn't do that and has mm-hmm. no interest in it uh, and doesn't even humor him with it, I-, I think he is fairly into in the like the lady doth protest too much sort of way. Sure. Also, I hate him. I hate him so much. Ugh. He sucks so bad. He sucks so bad. He's given her these like little condescending head pats. They're like, so condescending. And he does <sighs> them every time she says a thing that suggests that she's feeling a feeling. It is the worst. 
This is the thing that kind of complicates his read as a sub then is because he's still, well, I don't know how these dynamics work. Um, but like, he's still constantly exerting his patriarchal agency over her at all times. Right. Like a couple episodes ago, he's like, you know, you're the most beautiful when you say nothing at all. Right. Like, well, right. But I think that this is also like, it it makes complete sense to me. Is it still part of his status play stuff? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, I, uh, he's so awful to her. Like, so when we first get introduced to this idea that like there is something happening between Haru and Rui, I think that we are led to believe that it is the same as Haru and any other dude at the school. Like it is just sexual. It's recurring, but like probably not a big deal. This is the first time we've been introduced to the fact that like Haru really has feelings. Yeah. For Rui. She says, give me love, not money. And he just sort of like laughs it off. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no, but we're never going to be a thing. Like you said that you understood that. I'm betrothed. Um, You get that. Yeah. And uh, this like beautiful artistic dissociation sequence is so heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And I think is uh, a trauma response. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the fact that it is, it's disturbing, but it's also, again, like really, really beautiful, I think makes a lot of sense here. You know, Can we like, do a little bit of like dream analysis on the, on the contents of her dissociative fantasy? Yeah, please. Cause, cause it's all it's all like themed with water, and she's trying to push through this wood. And as she grabs it, like the branches themselves turn to water and splash into the. And sometimes she herself is underwater, and then finally, you know, she grabs hold of these branches, and the branches resolve into Rui's antlers as he is mm-hmm. above her. Um, I don't know. It just seemed like this really heartbreaking lament that she can't have any stability right and like he is just slipping through her fingers she Mm -hmm. she cannot keep him when bruce lee said be like water Rui," he didn't mean like this yeah not like this fuck boy (gasps) is he a fuck boy is that what a fuck boy is oh david (laughs) i don't know oh yeah he is he is uh, I would say that he's, like, too sophisticated and intelligent to be a traditional fuckboy, but he is absolutely, like, a subset of a fuckboy. Okay, someone needs to tell me what this is. Is a fuckboy, like, a disposable man? <sighs> a fuckboy is, like... Well, you know what? Yeah. Fuckboy is originally an AAVE thing. So okay. I should not define it for you. I should find a source that defines it for you from an actual black person and not speak on behalf of AAVE. Are you looking it up? Uh, I found there's, well, it depends on whether or not. Um, I don't know. There are like five different definitions just in like Wiktionary. Yeah, that makes there's... sense. I mean, it had like a pretty rapid start and then kind of end. 
Because we've got the womanizer definition, we've got a weak and contemptible man, and we've got a prisoner who provides sexual favors to a stronger inmate, either as the result of rape in return for protection and gifts. I think of it as womanizer first and foremost. Uh, But like there's such a specific breed to it where it's like kind of dumb, but kind of slimy. Okay. You know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I I think that Rui is too, like, elegant okay. for me to really think of him as a fuckboy. But he, um, he certainly fucking blows and I hate him. So there's... <laughs> How did you trick me into watching this show with you that's all about just anthropomorphic animals fucking and being sad? How did you do it? You know, uh... You came right out and said it, like... I really did. Six months ago, and I was like, yeah, I'll watch this with you. Whatever. Yeah. Time is fake. <laughs> That's, that, this is precisely, I think, our level of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I'm not grateful. Yeah. In my defense... Uh-huh. This is the first episode that's been this simultaneously tragic and horrible. This whole fucking show should just be called In My Defense. <laughs> it really should. And it could um, be. Okay, so... Yes. Rui, like, is basically dismissing Haru, and he goes to get up, and Haru, like, sort of gathers her shit, uh, and he opens the, the curtain just in time for Legoshi to, like, be mid-knock on the door. Mm-hmm. Because he was just going to see Haru because he wanted to talk to Haru because he likes Haru. Yeah. Um, and Haru overhears their conversation and is dying of embarrassment and then mm-hmm. this, like, tense interaction between Rui and Legoshi as they, like, read each other. Mm-hmm. And we cut back and forth between their internal thought process. And they're trying to suss out, like what the other's intentions are with Haru. Mm-hmm. Which Rui has zero right to do. Zero. Right. And I guess, honestly, actually, Legoshi also really has no right to do. Uh, but at least Legoshi, like, gives a shit about her as a person. Right. Yeah, and uh, it, importantly... Or is it later on when they're on the stairs? It's shortly thereafter. They're wa- they're walking home yeah. together. Yeah. Um, at some point during this like very tense conversation, Lagoshi asks if they're friends. If if Rui and Haru are friends, and Rui which I says, think he's trying to ask like innocently, like pass it off as innocent. So are you guys friends? Then? Right. Ha, right. Ha. And Ruby says, oh, well, is that what she said? And Lagoshi is like, well, she hasn't really said much about you. And Ruby says, yeah, then we're, we're friends then. And Lagoshi is like, the fuck does that mean? Right. All the while, sniffing Ruby very intently. Very doggily. 
Uh-huh, which Rui is weirded out by and uh Yeah, so so Rui tries to push Legoshi away from Haru and towards Juno. Like he basically he basically orders Legoshi, like you should have a conversation with her. You're both wolves. You know? Yeah, you should you should invest in your own species, he said, like a fucking hypocrite. Right. Ugh. Lagomorphs and servants, they're analogous. Did you notice in the very beginning of the previous episode uh, when the the murder uh, report is on TV and they cut back to Jack and Legoshi and two of their, like, classmates, that the other two classmates are servants? I didn't. Yeah, one one was, like, an antelope and the other was, I think, uh, another kind of deer. Oh, fascinating. Oh, oof. And that's why they get up from, I think it's a Go board. I think they're playing Go. And they're like, you won, bye. <laughs> oh, rip. Oh, I mean, literally rip, I guess. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this whole interaction, like, I feel like we're supposed to be processing it through through Lagoshi's perspective as he is processing. But I can't help being stuck in Haru and her overhearing the first half of it and Mm -hmm. just thinking how painful this shit would be if she could still hear them. Like, there is such a sense of disregard from Rui about, like, how what he says about Haru would affect her if she ever heard. 100%. And I think he knows that he could, like, talk his way out of it, um, which is why he doesn't care. But I think that what he doesn't know is that he could only talk his way out of it to placate her. Like, she is smarter than him. She doesn't... I, I think that she really genuinely wants to believe that, like, there will be something more between them. But I don't think that she does believe it. I think that she just wants to believe it. And I think that he thinks that's good enough. She's like... She's like the protagonist. She's like a side character. I don't know. Like, that archetype of, like, she stays with the guy who's having the affair. And he says he's going to leave her any day now. Or leave Mm -hmm. his wife any day now, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I guess kind of like Shirley MacLaine's character in The Apartment. I've never seen The Apartment. Oh, you should see it, Will. It's one of my I very favorite it. movies. It's a very good movie. Yeah, I... And I can't blame her. No. For this. Like, he is... I mean, first off, he is the first man who has shown her any any shred of, like, real warmth before Lagoshi. And then also... She has seen a part of him that nobody else has access to. Right. Like, she sees him for the first time. His He has shed his antlers. He is bleeding. And he also wants to keep it a secret. So she has... She is introduced to him at his most vulnerable, like, on several layers of the meaning of vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And... I think that he continues to be not like consistently vulnerable, but like she gets she gets to see him more vulnerable than 
anyone else does, which isn't a high bar, but it's there. Like, they see each other in different ways than anyone else sees them. And I think that that is why they are consistently compelled to each other for the most part. Um, I think that with Rui, it's that, but then it's also just that she's very convenient. Yeah, I feel like Rui's level of treatment for Haru is like a pretty startlingly low bar. And it's just really sad that she finds him compelling because he happens to exceed a very low standard. Right. Right. You know, <laughs> as <laughs> uh, uh, I connect with Haru a lot uh, <laughs> as someone who is uh, deeply self-loathing and was uh, substantially more so in high school and extremely lonely and did date a Mormon. Come again? Yeah. Yeah, I dated a Mormon. I mean, uh, they can be great. <laughs> uh, I'm sure some can be. <laughs> Not this one. <laughs> Listen. Will, you're really throwing off our appeal with our target demo. <laughs> of single 28-year-old men in the jello belt. <laughs> uh, just, just, to, uh, just to really make sure listeners know why this was never a good idea. He was a devout Mormon. And I go. am a queer witch. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Haru, I feel you. I feel you, babe. Queer witch is the most forbidden hot drink of all. And boy, howdy, <laughs> if he didn't make me very aware that oh, that I'm was sorry. the interest. <laughs> that sucks. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. It, it was awful. It was very bad. Let's go to Juno. Yeah. She was in this episode? Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was the dancing. It was the dancing. Oh, poor little Juno. This is going to break so bad for her. I feel so bad. Honey. Uh, Yeah, give us a summary of this scene. Uh, So, Legoshi is... kind of lying on his back in the rehearsal space looking at his claws and being like wow my nails are really long and just sort of like holding out his hands and looking at the looking at them and then he sort of looks over and he sees another pair of wolf hands and it's Juno and she kind of does this cue like oh is this some kind of like good luck ritual or something Um, and then they commiserate about being wolves she talks about how they, she's an actor, and they, they cast her as a carnivorous dinosaur in the Meteor Festival play. Uh, and course. she says, do you want to see my dance? Uh, and he says, okay. Um, and then and then she, like, I, I don't know why he, I guess, I, I guess he, like, helps her. He does, like, sort of a dance tutor thing, which is weird because he says, I don't know how to dance. Uh, but when he like unzips the top of his tracksuit to reveal uh, his undershirt, 
Like, Juno flips the fuck out. Yeah. Uh, and suddenly we're seeing him objectified through her eyes, and she's like, oh, I knew he was handsome and so <laughs> tall. And, like, he's all sparkly and, and like... <laughs> I don't know. You know, his posture has been in this show previously, like so bad, you know, yes. so and he hunchy. He's like standing and... up straight here. Yeah, he's standing up straight and he's being confident and he's like touching her elbows and stuff, which, as you know, will the most erogenous part of the wolf lady. Um, <laughs> and and she's like, oh, this is really nice. I'm so into it. Don't you feel this too, Lagoshi? And he's he is just elsewhere he is yeah. like on another uh i have also been this willfully blind to people's attraction um not willfully i have been this like oblivious yes. um and he's like oh yes i do understand that feeling you know you'll learn about it next year in biology when <laughs> do you do you like you can tell i'm doing a, a adventures on re-listen because i just turn every bit into a taco bit um, which yeah, <laughs> uh, which is really just Paul Lind by way of Julia Child. Yes, if yes. we're being honest. <laughs> oh, there's a lovely chicken dish here in the center square. Wow, um, yes, accurate. <laughs> I hope that was good because I accidentally hit my microphone stand while I was doing it. But you're gonna have to deal with it, listeners. Um, That's fine. Yeah, I. Meow, meow, so, meow, meow, meow. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he like yeah. he redirects her interest, and he's like, "You can always hold my tail if you're feeling anxious, because it's true that being around other members of the species makes your heart rate go down." <laughs> and she's just like, and she's like, no, "I'm into you, you dumb, dumb no. baby." And he doesn't yeah. get it. This scene is another solid confirmation for me on queer read. Uh huh. Like. The way that Lagoshi picks up on zero of it, like yes, we've all been that oblivious, oblivious person, but paired with, like, the way that he looks at her is so aesthetic. Yeah, he's like, I cannot deny she's a beautiful gray wolf. Right, and a, a fairly <laughs> now granted, I'm speaking from uh, a position of having friends who are homosexuals i am the bi so it cannot personally relate to this but from what i gather it is a very common like gay slash lesbian experience to be like oh yeah no i'm totally into uh people of a specific different gender than myself i can appreciate them aesthetically and it's like oh honey no <laughs> Uh, and I, I think that this is something that's especially true, to my knowledge, um, with lesbians, given the emphasis on compulsory heterosexuality mm -hmm. and the uh, uh, sort of sociologically enforced importance of a man in a relationship. I can see a really... Sense? Yeah, no, it does, because I can see a really, like, grim possible future for the two of them, where they have, like, a really sad lavender marriage, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. where she's like, I wish he would be more affectionate, and she doesn't see it, 
and he's just sort of like sadly pining after like the rabbit mailman. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Which kind yeah. of takes us neatly to uh, the next scene in which Jack finds the oh, bunny God. porn mag that uh, Gohin, the panda therapist, what a sentence you've made me say, uh, <laughs> gave to Legoshi <laughs> to determine whether or not rabbits actually give him a boner uh, when he yes. encounters them not in the flesh. Um, and we do not have confirmation. That's that's true. I have yet to see Wolf Dick in this show. Will No, never mind. I don't want to know. Um uh, Yeah, let's talk about Jack's homophobia. Yeah. Or or whatever this is meant to represent some combination of homophobia or racism. Right, right, right. Right. Like I like, think that Jack thinks that that canids being into rabbits is miscegenation is like some sort of like un unhygienic race mixing that he finds gross because he sucks right right um i think he's got yeah. that like nazi next door kind of vibe like i get it now yes. i see i see what you mean about him yeah we we talked about this i believe briefly when jack was introduced where he like ha he really has zero issue with the status quo he's yeah. just also nice and i think that that's so that's damning important. Yeah. yeah you can be like such a sweet guy and still reify the damaging systems that hurt people exactly or sustain um, not reify my manager yes. and I had a conversation the other day. I use Rayify too much. He wasn't calling me out on it. I was just <laughs> commenting on it. And then he was talking about critical theory for a while. I like my manager. Uh, when we when we edited the season two episodes of Balin's, when we edited the scripts, uh, it became incredibly clear that a dialogue like crutch for me is starting a line with well. <laughs> Uh, so now sometimes Katie and Anne make fun of me by calling me Well Williams. Well Williams? Yeah, Well that's, Well Williams. <laughs> that's very good. <laughs> They're not wrong. Aww. Uh Yeah, like, I, and this this makes me think of uh, of the, the party game article, the Who Goes Fascist, you know, mm -hmm. like, it's, it's, it's both more and less nuanced than we think you know and i will say again like so like last episode we are recording this just a few days after the election um i hope none of this dramatic ironies us in the ass um like that'd suck yeah i i think that this i'd probably be dead oh don't say that i live here yeah, that's true. I don't know. I, I hey, hey, here's a fun thing. Uh, I'm going to make a prediction about the future, Will, and then you can do the little buzzer thing. Joe Biden will be the president. Cool. Cool. <laughs> hey, future Will. Hope you're okay. And if you put the little, if you put the little buzzer thing after me, uh, I. Uh, should make uh, I should write up a will Williams I was gonna try and come up with like a 
uh, charity that I want y'all to donate to in my name, but I don't really want to think about that right now. Yeah, let's not. Cool. Uh, what I was going to say is uh, this, I think, ties into a lot of, like, you know, shit we hear about the election. We're like, yeah, of course a ton of white women voted for Trump. Like, and of course, like, a ton of quote-unquote nice people are conservative. Like, right. it's like of people course. saying, like, oh, well, my, you know, my grandmother is so sweet. She's just also a Republican. Like, Yeah, no. of course. Yeah, of course. And also, no. <laughs> and I think that Jack is very nice. And I think that Jack is not very good. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Jack has all of the tools that he needs to get there yet. Uh, however, this conversation with Lagoshi, I think, like, is pretty clear evidence that he doesn't want those tools. But Jack's also struggling with some of his own shit, right? How how taboo is actual homosexuality in the world of Beastars? Because I don't think that we've seen any, like... What's the word I'm looking for? Like, above the waterline examples of queerness? Yeah. I am trying to think... God, it is so wild that this is such a fucking queer show, and right. I don't think that there are any actual confirmed, at least as of episode seven, queer relationships. Because we know that queerness, qua queerness, exists in the world because yeah. of the way that, like, Bill makes these kind of charged comments to Lagoshi. Yes. And also seems to be sublimating his attraction to Lagoshi because he is threatened by slash attracted to slash threatened by Lagoshi. Uh-huh. And I also think that some some similar dynamic exists with Jack, who's sort of like, you know, the childhood best friend who's mm-hmm. watched his buddy grow up into such a tall, strong, mature, young wolfling. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's a perv? Oh, no! Oh, no! Um, <laughs> Maybe I have an in here. No, Jack, don't think about that. Um, <laughs> is is at least kind of my read on him a little bit? Yeah, I think that's valid. Uh, I can't say anything here. I know. Oof. Oof. I also kind of wonder if Jack is a murder man's. And I know you can't say that either, but like, that was my scribble when I scribbled in the previous episode when they found the corpse of Linda, the Thompson's gazelle. I was like, what if it was Jack that did a murder? What Please if? don't react in any way. Oh. Okay. I do not wish to know. But I wish for the audience to know, if the audience is to know. Oh, yes. I will. Well, actually, unless. I can't say anything. Yeah, no, I know. (laughs) I I can't say anything at all. (laughs) The murderer is the shitty pelican teacher supervisor to the drama club there, I called it. fuck this dude. Yeah, he sucks. He sucks. What's the next scene? We need to get away from this one. (laughs) Well, oh, right. The next scene is... So so the way this scene, like, ends up, right, is Mm, is mm -hmm. Jack calls him out on this bunny porn mag and he's like tell me you're not a perv i just i'm sorry i found it i just wanted to find the i wanted to read the manga that i lent you um and lagoshi 
basically quote unquote convinces himself that he's not in love with Haru. And like basically, you know, the minute after he says this, he finds himself at the festival grounds for the Meteor Festival. And Haru grabs him, like greets him in the traditional way by grabbing him unexpectedly on the tail. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is a, a cute callback to Lagoshi saying to Juno, like, mm-hmm. if you ever just need a sense of comfort, you can just hold on to my tail. It's probably a really nice tail to touch. Probably. My dog's tail is nice to touch, but it is not very fluffy. Mm. See, he has fluffy tail, and I think yeah. that, that is nice. Yeah. My neighbor's dog has a really fluffy tail. His is nice oh. to touch. Oh, it's very nice. Um. Anyway, Lagoshi allows like this distance to creep in between himself and Haru. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a bummer because she's like, hey, come hang out with me. And he's like, ah, the drama club is so busy. I should take this big bucket of water over there, you know. And she's like, all right, bye. Yeah, he's really trying to pray the gay way, huh? Yeah, he's trying to pray that gay away. <laughs> uh, and then he's up on top of this giant paper mache dinosaur painting it. Um, and he spies Rui um, visiting the little flower booth. And he gives Haru one of those little pats on the head. Oh. Uh, and Legoshi sees it. And then Legoshi goes, splorp. Because he's holding a bunch of like little tubes of paint. Hey, David. Yeah. Um, I just have a quick note for you. Yeah. When we're talking about this show. Yes. You might want to specify before the onomatopoeia mm-hmm. what's making the noise mm. when the noise is splorch. Well, see, here's the thing, Will. I enjoy, <laughs> much like this show does, <laughs> I enjoy playing with that sense of ambiguity. <laughs> is it the worst possible thing or is it just the next to worst possible thing? <laughs> I'll allow it. I take the note. Your notes are a gift. <laughs> notes are a gift. But I'm right. Yeah, you're right. But no, he's holding he's holding these like little tubes of acrylic paint or whatever, and they just go uh and then he just sort of like smears them on his face and he's like, I'm deciding right now how do I am in love with you. Like just sort totally of like unhinged. strangled. Yeah. <laughs> uh it, what it reminded me of the most, I think, is probably Gaston in Beauty and the Beast. Oh. You know, because he kind of has that, like, uh, it's right after he, he, you know, he sets up the marriage band and they're all playing, like, here comes yeah, the bride and then he man. gets booted out of the house and lands in the, the like, pig pen or, like, the pig mud puddle. And he's like, I will have Belle as my wife. Like, he just sort of, like, contorts and there's, like, a boot on top of his head and he spits out like a little cherub spit of mud it was like yeah. that for me yeah 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 um yeah the end of this episode really leaned hard into the like kind of using tone to up the stakes here of like mm-hmm. is this actual attraction or does he just want to do a chomp uh i liked how his uh, his focus kind of irised in, like everything else just grew dark except for basically this one spotlight of attention yeah. on the two of them. 
Yeah. I did have trouble taking that ending seriously even oh yeah 100 percent. like he's being he's being ridiculous i i wrote in my notes just like splorp oh no um i i don't think this is going to end well for anybody that's that's how seriously i take it uh but i don't take lugoshi especially seriously here because he is a child and he's behaving childishly and i'm disappointed in him yes yeah i agree with that like he was so he was so good last episode and something about like the specific power dynamic here of and I, I don't I don't remember if if other episodes really get into this much but like I think that you know Lugoshi is so furious specifically that someone he ostensibly respects would be so disrespectful of Haru when she clearly is like actually kind of into him. Mm-hmm. Like I, th- I think that it's much more. I think it's much more difficult for him when it's Rui and when Rui is is specifically like condescending and unkind to Haru uh, than the other dudes who Lagoshi knows. She's she's fucked. Cause he doesn't really care about them. Mm-hmm. It's really about the disrespect. Yeah. Yes. Honor culture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know, but also like I would be pretty hurt if someone I cared about was being disrespected by someone else that I respected. Oh. Absolutely. Like, I think that that Lagoshi's behavior here is goofy as fuck. But I do totally understand where he's coming from with it. Yeah. Yeah. What a fucking episode. What a fucking episode. Jeez. (sighs) This is a good show. This is a good show. This is a good show that makes me think lots of useful thoughts. Big same. You can find Empty the Cues on emptythecues.wordpress.com, where we now have transcripts. Uh, and you can find us on socials at Empty Cues Pod. Uh, and you can find me and David at our therapist's offices. Bye! <laughs>